0: This is Mike Atkins from NerdsOnEarth.com, welcoming you to another episode of the Almighty Podcast. And I am joined, as always, by
1: Adam Sims from the Back Patio Network. We're doing
0: something a little different. Um, This is something that uh, he and I have talked about doing. We've done it once or twice already, but we're filling in uh, the gaps between our regularly scheduled episodes where we cover two episodes of the anime with a filler episode of our own, um, covering some My Hero adjacent material just to. I, really, it's just so Adam and I can chit-chat, um, and if you guys want to listen, that's great.
1: Yeah, you're not lying. <laughs> this is pretty much just like Adkins and Adam Hour. Yeah. So Did you, we, by the way, I was going to ask you, have you watched the, uh, the most recent episode of My Hero yet?
0: I have not, but I have seen some people online talking about it, specifically about Jiro, and I'm super excited about it. So yeah. let's, let's get through this so I can go ahead and do that,
1: actually. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs>
0: So today, what, we're, what we thought we would do uh, just to give uh, you guys a little bit of extra content and to give Adam and I a chance to just sit down and have an excuse to talk uh, at greater length about this anime that we have grown to know and love is to talk about some fan theories that we've stumbled across um, as we have uh, perused the internet, as well as some controversies surrounding the manga and the anime as of late. Um, so that's what we're going to do. We're just going to, it'll be, you know, kind of loosey goosey as we talk about these things. And, um, we don't have, you know, our usual, you know, cohesive set of notes. We just said, Hey, let's, let's talk about these theories. We're going to grade them on a scale that will I'll get Adam to talk about in just a second. And then we'll start knocking them down.
1: Yeah. And, uh, it's going to be very off the cuff. I mean, like Adkins said, we don't really have any notes on this. It's just kind of a, Hey, we found some fan theories. Let's talk about them.
0: That's right. And there's a handful of them, Um, probably a dozen or so as we combined um, like three or four lists off of the Internet and tried to combine like theories together so we could talk about them in a lump and not spend just an hour talking about all of the different theories that are out there. Um, So basically what we did peek behind the curtain is we just Googled. My Hero Academia fan theories, and just use the top three search results to populate our list, um, thinking that you know Google knows what's most popular, what people are actually talking about. Uh, so that's what we did. So how about we jump right into those? After, Adam, let's, uh, let's let you tell them how we're going to kind of quote unquote grade these things as we go.
1: For sure. So obviously, none of these are considered confirmed, because otherwise they wouldn't be theories, right? So we've got plausible for the ones that we think are probably likely, uh, don't care is one of the, the themes here. I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like, Hey, it's a fun theory, but does it really matter in the long run? Uh, and then the, our last category is called out there. So these are theories that feel really loosely put together. Like, meh, maybe, maybe not.
0: Yep. I Some think of these theories
1: really like hinge on other theories being accurate too. So there's a lot of them out there that we were reading where I was like, uh, that's a, <laughs> you're gambling on this one, you know?
0: Yeah. And, I think that that's a pretty fair scale. You know, plausible is us saying, yeah, we could see it. You know, um, some of these are actually really, really well defended and plotted theories. Um, others are um, feel a little bit more like fanfic uh, and grasping at straws. And then some are just like, I mean, if it's true, it doesn't really change all that much. Um, so we don't really care one way or the other. So that's that's the scale that we came up with literally thirty seconds before we hit record. Um, So we're gonna, like I said, loose and fast today. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, So let's just start knocking these things out in no particular order. Um, I just kind of went through the articles and smashed the ones that are similar together. Uh, So the first one that uh, that we're gonna tackle today is the fan theory that suggests that Dobby, the villain, um, the on and uh, on again and off again member of the League of Villains is actually a member of the Todoroki family.
1: Yeah, this is an interesting one. I mean, I I want to say that you had mentioned this many episodes ago. Uh, I I don't remember the exact episode number, but I want to say that this has come up in the past. And it's a fun theory. I, I get why people would want it, but I don't know. I feel like this one's loose only because I've only watched the anime. I mean, whenever we were looking at some of the facts behind this one, it seems like there's a lot more revealing pieces to this in the, the manga so maybe you can speak more towards that but having just watched the anime I have no feeling that this is even plausible I mean at no point in time do we have mentions of older siblings other than his sister that we meet and when I was reading through this fan theory it didn't even I mean it, it had a lot more information about his one sister than we have already been seen in the show so I don't know I felt like from a show's perspective this one was kind of loose uh, I like it but I don't know what do you think from the manga standpoint
0: I mean, the manga definitely, um, and, and to be fair, like to address one of your points, if in the, like, I don't recall in the anime, um, them talking specifically about uh, Shota Todoroki, who, you know, who we generally mean when we use the term Todoroki, the toads, right? Um, that he had older siblings, plural, like older brothers Um, because that would have felt like a minor detail, like as I was trying to take notes for everything else. But in the manga, it seems to be something that is explicitly stated by Endeavor at one point. Um, And this particular theory is really well plotted out. I mean, they talk about all kinds of stuff, like, uh, you know, Dobby and Todoroki have the same eye color, and Dobby's scars line up with uh, where Endeavor's flames rest on his face. And they even talk about how the... Uh, Endeavor has uh, in the show showcased that he can change the color of his flame all the way to blue, um, which is like at its highest heat intensity against one of the Nomus, and uh, it just goes on and on and on. In this one, the evidence there's a lot of evidence that at least is plausible evidence. Like I can see where people might connect the the dots with the with the lines that this particular theory presents. Um, so I would say that this one's plausible. I would not be shocked. I, I get that. If he's an older brother and, uh, you know, suffered like Todoroki did, that he, it seems plausible to me that he would beat feet out of that family and that he would resent heroes like he typically does. Absolutely. Um, I mean, he's a big champion of, of Stain, one of the biggest champions of Stain's movement. So all that kind of stuff makes some sense to
1: me. Yeah, absolutely. And if he grew up with the kind of father that we've seen endeavor to be, I can see it. I, I get it. Um, the only reason I feel like it's loose is because in the show, there's no real mention of. Todoroki talking about, you know, having an older brother that turned into a villain or anything, which I I mean, I guess maybe he doesn't know their brothers. I think that was one of the contributing factors I had read that he may be older enough that he got out of the family before Todoroki was really old enough to or Shoto Todoroki was really old enough to remember him. But I don't know, you'd think there'd be pictures around and stuff. It just felt kind of loose to me. I like it, though.
0: Yeah, and you're going to have that same exact complaint or, or problem with a lot of the other. A lot of these theories are, oh, so-and-so is related to so-and-so, which generally speaking, I really dislike um, because it makes a world feel extremely small when just everybody is everybody's brother, sister, mother, cousin. Um, I had that problem with some of the new Star Wars stuff, too, for the same exact reason. If everybody's related, then the universe feels tiny.
1: Right, and it's it's really shocking because I actually typically like those kinds of things. Like, I, I mean, I think from the get go, I've been saying everybody's related. So, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, I, and that's the reason I'm saying like I like this theory. I just don't see it as much as I like. I feel like uh, Bakugo and that one guy muscular. They're way more related than Dabi and Shoto is in my mind. I don't. I can't explain to you why because there's way no more like absolutely. Not any showing at all that those two guys are related. But for some reason, this one just feels looser to me.
0: All right. Uh, so I'm voting plausible. What's your final vote on Dobby as a Todoroki?
1: I'm going to go with plausible. I mean, I like it. I, I, I can see where they're coming from from a manga standpoint. I think if I had read the manga, I'd feel more heavily towards plausible.
0: All right. Um, so next one is, this one is like a three in one. Because this is talked about in several different ways. And they overlap with a couple other theories. So the next one is... That there's no such thing as somebody who is quirkless, uh, which therefore means that everyone has a quirk, even if it's not something that has manifested at some point or is uh, it has been discerned. Um, and as part and parcel of that, um, it, that would mean, ergo, that both All Might and Midoriya have quirks outside of the all for one, or the one for all, rather.
1: Yeah, I don't even really think we have to, at least for me, I don't have to defend that one. I think I've been saying that from the get-go. Like, this is totally plausible in my mind.
0: Yeah, it's certainly plausible. I think I like the idea of, I think I've changed my position on this actually from like first episode where I kind of started complaining. Like as early as episode two of the Almighty Podcast, I was like, oh man, I kind of like the idea of this totally quirkless kid being being a hero in his own way. Um, But then he gets uh, the one for all. Um, And that changes that scene. Uh, But I I still like the idea that his quirk is intellect-based somehow and has to do with his obsession with um, information collection and strategizing that, you know, he extrapolates from that information strategies and stuff like that. Or it could be anything. Um, But yeah, I think that this one is fairly safely a plausible thing. Like, I don't think it would drastically change anything for me one way or the other. If they're like, ha, ah, surprise, everybody's got a quirk. I mean, it just changes the numbers from 80-20 to 100. right?
1: Yeah, I think they used one of the uh, examples where I was actually one for all, or all for one's brother. You know, they originally thought he didn't have a quirk and then it turned out he did. It was just a really weird circumstantial thing. So it could be the same case for All Might and, you know, Midoriya. Like, they have quirks, it just hasn't really been applicable in any way yet. So...
0: Yeah, and one of the fan theory or one of the theories points out that like when Midoriya is channeling the One For All, that he doesn't change shape like All Might did, so that might be indicative of some quirk that All Might had before he got the One For All and all right. this stuff. So, I mean, it's it's plausible. I'm I'm down with that. It's yeah. totally fine. Yeah, me too. Plausible. All right, next one. Winged Nomu um, is Bakugo's childhood friend who we've seen in some of the flashbacks. Who also not. Perhaps not coincidentally, has wings.
1: I'm gonna say that this is kind of that like small world instance where it's a fun thought to have, just because they connect. Uh, one of the reasons that people were arguing for this was that there's a moment where that winged Nomu goes after Midoriya, and they were saying that it has a like, I guess, a sudden flashback or memory of its childhood, and that's the reason it goes after Midoriya. But I'm going to say this one's loose, man. Like I think this is a, it's a little out there. It makes the world feel way too small for me. They could have grabbed any guy with wings. I mean, there's so many winged people out in this world, I feel like.
0: I agree. I will say I'm slapping this with two tags. Plausible, like I can see how they would get to this place, but also don't really care.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, like it doesn't change, doesn't change a thing.
1: It doesn't make it any more significant.
0: Yeah, I don't I mean, know. It's not like it would be different if Bakugo had some emotional connection with this kid. And then when he saw this winged Nomu was like, oh, no,
1: Tommy, you yeah, know, yeah. Um,
0: but that doesn't happen. It's just like, yeah, you know,
1: it doesn't really matter. Yeah, they, the kids didn't seem to think that that was what was going on. So even if it was the case, it's not like it really made a difference in that, that moment.
0: Yeah. OK, so I'm going plausible. Don't really care. You're going loose. Yeah. Out there. Don't yeah, really care. Exactly. All right. Next up is there is this doctor of uh, Midoriya's when he was a little kid, the one that broke his tiny, tiny little heart, um, uh, small mite's heart. When, uh, his name <laughs> is Dr. Subasa, apparently, T-S-U-B-A-S-A. And there are a couple of theories that are contingent or, or kind of hinge upon him, uh, one of them being that he's working for all for one, and in his capacity working for all for one he gave Bakugo Bakugo's quirk, because he recognized in Bakugo, you know, a, the ability to be angry and pot- potentially manipulated. Um, and then also there's a theory that suggests that he did the same thing with Dobby. Um, so What is your initial reaction to
1: that? That sounds so out there, man. Like, (laughs) I don't know. Is this also the doctor that is apparently mixed up in some of the drama right now? Who apparently is working for all for one, or is like his his doctor while he's imprisoned? Yeah. So I had a hard time
0: trying to determine the answer to that question because that's what I was thinking. Yeah. So there is, if you go to uh, the wiki that we typically use, um. There, there are entries for, um, for the doctor whose name used to be Murata, which is what we're going to talk about that um, shortly. Not Murata. Yeah, Mar- Maruta, Maruta. Um, so there's a guy, So, and we'll get to this in the, in the controversy stuff, but there's a character who is now named Kyudai Garaki, and he does look an awful lot like the guy who is called Dr. Subasa. Uh, and it says that in this little thing. It says he looks very similar to Dr. Subasa, So that indicates that they aren't the same person. And apparently Dr. Subasa is listed as quirkless, but this dude, um, Kyudai is not listed as quirkless. He has a listed quirk. So I think they're two separate people, but it's muddy water Okay, is what I'm going to go with.
1: Well, so I, I don't know. I feel like if he is working for all for one, this is another one of those things where it's like, wow, it's a really small universe, you know? Uh, I mean, All for One wasn't even part of this little town that I feel like they're in right now anyways. Wasn't he like, I want to say he was in a completely another area. So the idea that he's randomly working with this doctor that showed up for 10 seconds at the beginning, that seems a little loose to me. Uh, The idea that he's stealing other kids' quirks and giving them to other kids is another really out there thought for me. I mean, we know that there are people that have had the quirk that can transfer other quirks. But it seems like it would be obvious. Like, if you take your kid to the doctor, and he's showing signs of quirks, and then all of a sudden he's not, you know, like, that just seems weird. I feel like someone would have caught on to this eventually, you know?
0: Yeah, this one feels very conspiratorial, and I don't think that it's helped by the muddy water, like I said, with this visual resemblance between Midoriya's childhood doctor and now this doctor that's supposedly servicing all for one. Um, So it's, it's tricky. I don't even know how to categorize this one. I guess maybe it's possible given, like you said, the presence of, you know, quirk transference that we're aware of, but it also seems way out there to me.
1: Well, the one that was saying that he gave Bakugo his quirk was also saying he stole it from Adoria. Did you see that? Right. So, yeah. I mean, it just makes it even more out there. It's like, okay, how granular can you get with this? Like, I'm all for a good conspiracy theory, but this doesn't feel like a good conspiracy theory. This just feels like, hey, what if? Yeah. Yep. So I'm, I'm going with maybe plausible, but definitely out there. Yeah, I'm just going up with out there. I don't even think that's plausible. I'll All probably right, so, eat my words in 30 episodes of the AMP. <laughs> yeah. The next
0: one is that Hagakure might have descended from the luminescent baby who, like at the beginning of episode one or chapter one of the manga, is uh, credited as being the first kid born with a quirk, and it's a light based quirk. So there's a theory that just suggests that Hagakure, whose quirk, revolves around manipulating light bending light to make herself invisible um that she would be a descendant from the luminescent baby totally plausible also don't care
1: yeah a thousand percent don't care (laughs) it's like it does not matter
0: doesn't really matter um next one would be there's a bunch of aizawa theories it's nuts how often aizawa is implicated in a lot of these theories and you know what i don't I, for one, don't appreciate it. Really? Um, I was going to say, I you, figured
1: like you would like that. I mean, he is the best character anyways, right?
0: Yeah, but you need to leave him alone. You leave him <laughs> out of this stuff.
1: <laughs> but I I mean, they're always, not even really crazy theories. They're just like, they oh, are. he's related to everybody.
0: Yeah, he t- it basically is. Oh, he's so-and-so's uncle. Oh, he's so-and-so's father. So let's talk about these just in real quick succession. <laughs> So one of them says that Aizawa is Shinzo's father, and it's basically predicated on the fact that they have similar demeanors, and they've been seen walking together in the halls of UA a couple times.
1: Which literally means like next to nothing. I mean, how do we know that Aizawa doesn't also teach them? He's just Class 1A's homeroom teacher. He also teaches another subject. So it's highly plausible that Shinzo is not good in that subject. (laughs) I mean, there's just plenty of things I could be like. Shinzo could be with him for literally any reason other than that Aizawa is his father. That makes no sense.
0: Yeah, and it's, I mean, they, t- they talk in this theory about how both of them have, like, the ability to manipulate others with their quirk. But at the same time, off-air, you had mentioned that if Aizawa, and I think the, the uh, theory is clear, at least with this much, if Aizawa was Shinzo's dad, then Shinzo or Aizawa would have had to have been, like, 14 or 15 when he had Shinzo. which isn't, like, outside of the realm of biological possibility, but come on.
1: Yeah, I feel like it would make, I I would say this one was more plausible if we knew that Aizawa was older, and if Shinzo's mother was confirmed to be Miss Joke. Then I could see it. (laughs) Then I'm like, okay, I get that. Like, Shinzo could be his, uh, you know, his like, uh, unconfirmed love child. That makes sense.
0: You are just trying to ship those two way too hard. Dude,
1: they're awesome together. They're the best. Listen,
0: all you need to jo- do is join some of those Facebook My Hero groups because shipping is literally all they do. Yeah, and that's, what, that's why all these theories about so-and-so's related, that's how they came to be, I swear. Uh, that's, just you're just probably like, oh, not wrong. These two totally got it on. Yeah. How could they not? <laughs> um, so that's one is Aizawa, Shinzo's father. It's possible, I guess, like if you have to say if there's wiggle room for truth, sure, but I don't really care. I don't think it changes anything.
1: Yeah, I'm going to agree. And another one is the idea that Aizawa is Midoriya's uncle, which I just don't care. I mean, if I really feel like all the stuff I read about it seemed so loose because it really was completely based on the idea that, you know, he left the family for some reason or another and that like their quirks are similar for X, Y, and Z. And I don't know. I just, I feel like, all of these family-related ones, unless, like, I've, of course, when I come up with them, they're fine. But when someone else comes yeah, up with them, right. I really don't like it because I'm just like, ah, that makes too much sense.
0: <laughs> yeah. So this one it involves another quirk arranged marriage, and um, it's it's flimsy. It, it suggests that Izawa is related to Inka Midoriya, uh, Midoriya's mom, but that. Her, She doesn't know, in Deku, number one, she's never met Aizawa that I'm aware of in the manga or in the anime, um, you know, to, for there to be a revelation that, oh, that's your teacher? He's, he's totally your uncle, yeah. you know, for like, that oh, revelation hey, to come out. <laughs> yeah, um, and it's possible that with Inka's name change to Midoriya from whatever it was previously, that uh, the, the last name Midoriya wouldn't ring any bells for Aizawa. Um, so, I I mean, again, there's, it's like, sure, maybe, I guess, um, but I don't think it'll matter. Like, how does this, um, how does that revelation change the relationship between Aizawa and Midoriya? Midoriya's just like, oh, cool. The guy who I've had all this tremendous respect for is my uncle now. Yeah. Dope. Yeah. And then they just go on, you
1: know? Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, it's... The only thing I really liked out of that theory was that they were saying the reason that Midoriya didn't have a quirk, uh, which I will back up and say that I don't believe, is that his mother uh, has like a recessive canceling quirk, I guess, which is why her telekinetic powers are not that great. And then mm-hmm. she passed that recessive gene onto him, and it just blocked his quirk entirely. Which I'm yeah. like, okay, that's kind of neat. I like the idea. Like, I like quirk genealogy, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, and regardless of where we fall out on any of these theories, we will we will be the first to say that we love the attention that this show is getting, where people are sitting down and trying to make sense of some of these things, and they, they give an appropriate amount of attention to de- to detail, regardless of whether or not we think they work or not. Oh, totally.
1: Um, well, and I mean, think about it. We've got basically 41 episodes out there of us thinking of different ways to make this universe work. We do it every episode. So, yeah, I mean, I love this kind of stuff, but some of it I definitely think is out there.
0: So the next one, again, is an Aizawa one where the, it, it's suggested that Aizawa that we have now is an imposter, that the real Aizawa was replaced after the battle at the USJ um, because he, he was like super badly beaten up in that particular arc, and then it ends up in the hospital, and that somehow during the hospital, he was just supplanted or replaced. And so now we have this fake Aizawa. Um, running class one A,
1: which I just don't I don't know. I mean, I guess we've seen people like Toga. They have powers that they can, you know, impersonate other folks. So sure, it's possible. But this feels really loose to me. There is no indication in the in the show at all that there's anything different. And everything I found about this was basically just that he can't use his quirk as long as he used to be able to, and other things like he. I don't know. I just felt like this was weak.
0: Uh, yeah, I think of all of the Aizawa ones, this is the one where I feel like it's just like. You're you see an opening, and so you're like, "Oh no, what happened to him while he was in the hospital? Doppelgangers, you know." Yeah. Um, and I'm just like, "Ah, eh, I don't I just don't think that that's what happened." I mean, I thought that they did a fine job of explaining that the trauma that he underwent at the at the USJ would have some handicapping effects on his quirk. Makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, You know, I mean, in there in uh, Recovery Girl has gone on record as saying that there are certain injuries that she just can't heal with her quirk. And so damage, irreparable damage might have been done that lowered the ceiling of his capabilities with the quirk. That works fine for me. Um, So I'm going to say. I think this one's out there. Yeah, I think this Um, one's out there, too. Okay, Uh, All for one is Midoriya's dad is the next.
1: You know, I've seen this one pop up. I don't really care for this. I, I feel like it just adds more drama that's not needed, and it, it repeats a uh, trope. You know, like, the, one of the articles that I had read on this one said that the, one of the, I guess, backups for this is that uh, All for One is similar to Darth Vader in the sense that he's yep. got, like, the breathing mask for him, and Luke turned out to be his son, so I guess because Midori is the main character, he'll turn out to be All for One's son, This feels like a really weird gap because All for One is a lot older, if I remember correctly. So, I don't know. This one felt weak. I'm going to say this one's out there.
0: Yeah, I would say it's out there too because I think the majority of it in my mind, on my reading of this particular theory, hinges upon the Star Wars connection. um, Which, you know, you and I have been pleasantly surprised by all sorts of Star Wars connections. But I don't know that that necessarily means that literally any connections that this story could have with the story of Star Wars means that it's valid and true. The second thing is that that this theory, uh, I guess, capitalizes on is just the absence of uh, Midoriya's dad. Uh, and I'm like, well, you know, I think I think I talked about this on our show. I think that literally it's easy to just say, well, his dad's not in the picture because then All Might would have this weird competition, you yeah. Know? Um, like Izuku would have. Torn allegiances between the way that he, uh, you know, t- treats All Might with just this insane measure of respect and love and adoration. Like, how do you have a father figure in there that isn't just horribly depressed seeing his son, like, worship the ground this other guy walks on? So, that part, I think that's my explanation for it. There's my theory um, as, as a counter to this one, I think.
1: Yeah, I, I don't like the idea that it lessens Midoriya's story entirely. In my mind, if All For Run is midoriya's father then this whole story is more about all for one and everything he's planned up to this point it it makes him more of a main character and less of a just the main villain or the main antagonist for uh, the season one you know
0: yeah i mean and the theory was like there could be a scene where there's this big battle between all for one and midoriya and all for One's just going to be like deku i am your father and if that happens i will Wherever that happens in the episode, that'll be the last of it for me. I'll yeah. be like, I'm over it. I don't, I don't want any part of I it. I think I'd rage um,
1: quit. I would be so upset if that was, if that was even a thing.
0: Yeah. I, uh, let, me, let, me, let me backstep a couple, uh, couple steps here. The, if, if that happened tomorrow in an episode, I would be infuriated because I don't feel like there's been a lot of build in that direction. So I guess what I'm saying is if they're moving in that direction, they got a lot of work to do to get me to buy into that as an emotional and plausible narrative beat. Absolutely.
1: So. Yeah. Totally agree.
0: Um, Bakugo and Midoriya are related is another theory that suggests that they're cousins,
1: I think. Yeah. It was something like this one felt out there too, because the whole idea was, well, we know that Midoriya's father could breathe fire and you know, it's possible that his brother could also do fire stuff or his sister and therefore, Bakugo would also be able to do fire stuff. It's like, we've seen a lot of fire quirks. It's not that unique. Yes. Um, and that was also, one, they, weren't they trying to say that that's the reason that uh, Bakugo hates Midoriya so much? Because he is quirkless and he was not going to be able to team up with him and have the best hero team ever?
0: Yes. So this whole <laughs> theor- part, part of this theory is that the two boys know that they're related and just have never said word one to anybody about it ever. Um, which I think is strange. Um, that is the most out there part of this. It would be different if they were like, oh, you, you're, your uncle's related to so-and-so, you know? And they're like, doesn't that make us like cousins second removed? That would be slightly different. Um, but for them to just secretly be cousins, just the two of them having this secret between the two of them, it just seems strange. I mean, not even in private moments have they had that conversation when they're like kicking each other's butts in that one of those training fields. yeah. Um, you know, there's not once ever the mention that the reason why I resent you is because, you know, you and I couldn't be shake and bake, you know, like, (laughs) like the guys from Talladega (laughs) and I, that's never been said. Um, so it's not like they didn't have opportunities to in private be like, what's up cuz, um, but they just haven't. So I don't like this one. Yeah. I don't
1: like this one either. Uh, and you know, I also don't care. I, even if they were, it's like, so what? I feel like at the end of the day all these fan theories want like a, my hero family reunion where just all the characters show up, you know, like, (laughs) Oh, the guy's always sitting there waiting on everyone. And in walks Midoriya and then Bakugo, And it's like, I don't know. This, (laughs) it just feels so loose. Yeah. Are you guys here for the family reunion too? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So this last one is that Shigaraki's hands are the source of his power. Like he has to like be in contact with them for his powers to uh, increase, I guess. Um, I've, I couldn't tell you verbatim what my theory was on this, but I've been on record at some point during the AMP's long and storied history, given my own perspective on this, which is that I think that he, I think he, his quirk manifested at just a, a weird time, possibly a really emotional one. Every kid gets mad at their parents and says things that they regret, and he might've just done something that he regretted. Uh, and just disintegrated everything, possibly except for their hands. Although I don't know now how that works out with the way that he had to treat um, Chisaki. Because you remember he like started decaying his arm and was like, if I don't cut it off, you're just all going to turn to ash. So what did he do? Run around lopping his family's hands off. Um, So I don't know that that fits anymore, that particular piece. Um, But yeah, just that they're the source of his power. I think that that's, that part to me is a stretch. I think that they are, Somehow, like a psychological comfort yeah. blanket equivalent, um, something like that, or, or a totem of some kind, that's what I think. Um, I don't think that they're a source.
1: So what do you think? Out there, don't care, or plausible? Uh, I think
0: them as the source is out there. Yeah. They're definitely... I think that there's a story behind those hands, but I don't think that they're batteries. That's exactly Um,
1: what I was going to say. Yeah, like, they don't strike me as batteries, but it wouldn't surprise me if they were uh, fueled by psychological repressed memories like you mentioned. Like, I could see it from that perspective, almost like a uh, placebo effect. You know, he wears them because he thinks it makes him powerful. Uh, One of the things had mentioned that he may be addicted to them because he, like, does that scratching, itching thing when he's not wearing them. But I feel like we've seen him do that when he was wearing them. So... Uh, yeah, he's a, he's a twitchy dude. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to say that one's out there.
0: Yeah. I think, I think I've said that his scratch is like when he gets anxious or nervous or contemplative because we saw him doing it at the USJ when he had all these hands on him when All Might showed up on the scene and like he was scratching. I mean, it's just, I think it's almost like a nervous tick. That's what I
1: think. Exactly. But yep. <laughs> probably similar to uh, Chisaki's weird like... Uh, that he had.
0: The last kind of theory that we're going to talk about is uh, almost a, a list unto itself, and that's that there is a traitor amongst the ranks of uh, UA. Um, this is something that's been vocalized explicitly inside of the anime and, and inside of the manga where President Mike is, you know, at that board meeting and he's just like, we need to seriously discuss the, the potential that we have a traitor amongst our ranks. And so there is a ton of fan theories about who could possibly be that traitor. Um, so let's just go, th- let's blitz through these kind of quickly, um, you know, and we'll just kind of do the same thing where we're, you know, out there plausible. It, it, we'll, we'll maybe even add the qualifier. I think it would be really neat if he was, or I would really hate it if this person was. Um, so the top of this list for most people is President Mike himself, that he would basically trying to um, like shun any kind of possible heat off of himself by suggesting it he's turning the, the eyes off of himself in the process. So present Mike is uh, one of the proposed traders. What do you think?
1: Like, I, I feel like he wouldn't bring it up if he was the trader. Cause the first, like the last thing a trader wants is people to think that there's a trader. You wouldn't want to plant that idea because then they're going to look at everyone. I mean, I feel like no one is off the table, you know? So I, I don't know. I feel like this one's out there and <laughs> present Mike. I mean, come on, he doesn't seem like a <laughs> trader. He's awesome.
0: But you don't think, okay, so let's, I want to, because I knew we were going to spend some time on at least a couple of these, present Mike being one, because he's your favorite character. Um, if you don't think that somebody on that board would have at least tossed out the idea that there was a traitor based on the things that happened leading into that particular meeting, like nobody else would have even conceived of the idea that somebody was playing both sides. No, I think so everybody Mike was, in
1: that meeting was thinking it. I think present Mike was the one that had the balls to say it first. Okay, And I also think... I'm just
0: saying, if he didn't say it, I think somebody else would have.
1: Yeah, I think it would have been brought up eventually. But if I remember correctly, he brings it up, and immediately one of the other characters is like, well, for all we know, it's you. And he was like, oh, yeah, that's true. And dismissed it real quick. He does. I mean...
0: That's true. That's exactly what happens.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I just, I feel like that one's loose. I just don't see it being present Mike. He he just doesn't seem like a traitor. I mean, I I realize that that seems kind of silly (laughs) to say out loud, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just biased, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, the this his theory has a little bit more meat on it on the internet, um, like a lot more words dedicated to it. One of the biggest points they make is like he has, you know, expert level mastery of control of sound. Uh, and so he could be communicating with all, all for One and All for One has been proven to be able to, you know, hear these really sensitive sounds. So maybe that's how it's being done, but... What are you going to do? Um, I think that that one's out there, too. I don't I don't suspect that it's present Mike. Or at least I don't think he's the most plausible person on the list. How about that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I get it. Anyone's a suspect when there's a traitor involved with like this, especially with the access of information that everybody in that boardroom had. But I just don't, I don't know, I don't feel as strongly about it being present Mike as I do with some of these other characters.
0: Yeah, okay. So second one is um, Ah, uh, Yeah, I don't see that one at all. Yeah, it seems... I mean, the poor guy, he can't catch a break lately, Hell duked no. his pants, and now he's being fingered for being the traitor just because he's strange and tends to keep to himself? Well, like, he
1: was missing during the USJ attack, so...
0: Yeah, but I... Th- okay, so that I understand that's part of the theory, but my whole thought, and maybe this is Horikoshi totally playing me, but my whole thought was just he was just embarrassed to say he was hiding in a bush, because when we do find him... That's exactly what he's doing. <laughs> he's just being a coward. Yeah. Which makes
1: sense to me. I mean, but it only uh. kind of makes sense, right? Because he loves to sparkle. So this should have been when he's out like getting attention. However, he's not really progressed yet. I mean, at this point in time, he's not mastered his quirk at all. It, even in the current episodes, he's not mastered his quirk at all. So I don't know. Yeah. This one's out there.
0: All right, Mei Hatsume.
1: Yeah, this one seemed weird. I this she wasn't even on my list of what I thought would be traitors. I was surprised to see her on this list at all.
0: Yeah, I I think this is out there. You leave May out of this; she's darling. Yeah. Um, I think that one of the things that they mentioned was like, oh, but she has the ability to like fiddle with everybody's equipment. So what? Yeah. I mean <laughs> like,
1: that. So does that's, Digger. That's, that's and so out no there one to Thought me. he was a traitor. So.
0: Yeah. Um, so next would be Shinso who is uh, cropping back up in the uh, theories once again. Now he's, well, I guess he could still be related to Aizawa, but um, he's suspected as being the traitor. And I guess just because he's a stick in the mud, that's kind of what people seem to say. It's just, he's just like, he's just, you know, off-putting, I guess. Yeah.
1: Well, and a lot of people say that the fact that he's able to control other people could contribute. I mean, that's, we had made this mention whenever we were talking about him when he first showed up. It sounds like an evil quirk. Totally something All for One would target. I can also totally see this perspective from the sense of All for One coming to him and saying, Hey, I know you want to be a hero, but like they totally don't appreciate you. Like just twisting him to the point where he becomes a villain Uh, or promising them that he would be a hero among villains. Like I could see him doing that, but knowing what we know about Shinzo and his, um, what's the word I want to use? His dedication to becoming a hero and his respect for Midoriya after their fight, I just don't see it.
0: Yeah, see, that's where I would say, I would like this theory if, on the sole condition that he was the traitor early on, is responsible for the stuff at the USJ and all that, um, but had, but that was, whatever he did to facilitate that took place before the encounter that he had with Deku, because he seemed to take a turn. um, That's fair. you know, during that. And I think I would like that theory if he was like, guys, I really screwed up, you know, early on. I was involved with these guys, but, you know, I have since really, um, I've, I've, uh, I'm a backstabber now, Yeah, you know, like I've, I'm a turncoat to, to the people, uh, that, that I was worked for now. I'm with you guys. I think I could like that. I could
1: like that too. And I could totally see him having used his quirk on one of the teachers or something to get information. Uh, I mean, there were only a select few people that really knew what was going on, but he would have had access to those people. So I'm not going to say this one's out there, but there's a lot of caveats I need for this one to ring true in my heart, you know?
0: Yeah. All right, next one is Jiro, which you guys you guys leave her out of this there <laughs> listen there aren't many people that i'm just like you, you hands off hands off these characters and jiro was one because she is literally the best and the entirety of the argument for her being uh the traitor is that nobody suspects her that's why she's definitely the traitor Yeah, this one was <laughs> just dumb. like that is so dumb <laughs> it was really bad all right principal nezu is the next i one. called it man i knew you were gonna say
1: that i think it's totally plausible i can see it. he is the one that has the most information about all of it i totally see this one i will not back down from that i i've i have been saying this from the get-go i just don't know what his motivation would be he doesn't need one look at him
0: (laughs) okay (laughs) come on we're gonna move along from that one i don't think you're 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 gonna be the immovable object in this argument i think I actually really like the next submission which is Monoma. Yeah, that one was really um,
1: interesting. Not someone I had suspected at all.
0: Yeah, I I like this one. If Monoma turned out to be the traitor, I could be down with it. Um because it makes sense like the argument. This is from CBR. Um this list that we're running through really quickly. It says that he's got the ability to mimic any quirk he's been around recently. And the more you think about that, the more it's like, well, isn't that kind of what All For One can do a little bit? Um so there's maybe um some similarities there. And of course, they're like, they could be related. So then that would make him Midoriya-related and Aizawa-related. The family (laughs) tree keeps getting smaller and smaller. But um, I think that that one would be an interesting... I I could be sold on Monoma being the traitor. Yeah,
1: I could too. I like this one. Um, Yeah, especially thinking back to whenever he showed up to the... It's not the USJ, but it's one of the gyms that they train at. And he was in that goofy outfit. It just looked like a suit. Do you oh, remember yeah, that? Yeah. I could totally see that being a villainous. Like that looks like a villain suit, you know? Yeah. So, and I
0: think maybe the reason why he's slipping on his studies is because he's outplaying
1: informants. Yeah. Like I could get that too. I could see that. So, I like this one. I think it's a fun theory.
0: Yeah. I'm gonna Aizawa is the next one.
1: I I don't get Aizawa. I don't see he does not strike me as a character that would be turncoat at all. I mean, the only thing that I really could have seen, and I might have said this really early on in the AMP, is at the beginning, like they, when they first introduced Aizawa, it kind of seems like him and All Might have some beef. So I could see him doing this to get back at All Might, but I couldn't see him doing this as a, hey, I want the villains to succeed. And that was really only for a split second. I mean, that, that animosity between them has been long gone.
0: I think the only way that Izawa is the traitor is if the other the first theory concerning him that he's an imposter is true. Mm-hmm. But that would not make him a traitor. True. It would just make him an imposter. Um a spy. Yeah. Yeah. It would just make him an imposter. Yeah. So that's the only that's the only way I could see it happening. Only way. That's the only way I will give any room to Aizawa being the traitor.
1: Oh yeah. I get you there.
0: Next one is Hagakure, the invisible gal.
1: Yeah, I like this one. I had brought this one up a long time ago after talking to uh, my friend Kelsey that did our artwork actually for the logo and uh, our our little uh what do you call them? Emojis? Are they emojis?
0: No, they're like our caricatures. Avatars?
1: Caricatures, yeah.
0: Yeah, avatars. Uh,
1: she was really a big fan of this theory and turned me onto it, and I really like this one a lot. The fact that she's invisible makes her the perfect spy. Uh, we've seen time and time again when she is com- like completely invisible. We don't even know she's there, and she's so unassuming. I mean, you would never guess, uh, so I could see this one.
0: My favorite part about this theory is that it necessitates that almost at all times there is a naked teenager on screen and nobody knows. (laughs) That she's just running around butt naked all the time. Yeah. That's the only thing I, I mean, it's totally plausible, but for it to be plausible, she has to be naked so far as we know.
1: Well, but Um, I mean, we've seen her, that's her, her outfit is just a pair of gloves, Adkins.
0: Yeah. And and that's what I'm saying. It's like, (laughs) like if they're going to go back and be like, oh, she was at the board meeting like, so a naked teenager was standing in a room full of adults. Well, like, but at the same time. And it's time, just a silly thing. It it's is just silly. just funny. Yeah.
1: But I mean, whenever she was uh, doing the provisional stuff, didn't she? or not the provisional stuff, but their first day, whenever they were doing the training, I feel like there was a point when she was working with Sato and she took her gloves off. So she was naked during that time too. And she was fighting yeah, a teacher definitely. and he bumped yep. into her. I mean, yep. it's been showcased. It's, so
0: yeah, like I said, I'm not denying it at all. It's totally possible. It's just really funny. It to is. Me.
1: It's ridiculous. Uh, but I like this. This is my favorite theory, actually.
0: Me too. Me too. The last one is Denki Kaminari.
1: Yeah, which I don't get. I mean, this guy's a goof. Like, just a total goof. And the whole concept is that his original artwork looks really villainous, which I get. Did
0: you see the original artwork, I did,
1: too? yeah. And if if he yeah. looked like that, 100% the traitor. But he doesn't look like that, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, the whole theory is basically like, maybe Horikochi changed his design to make it not so obvious that he was the traitor, which... Yeah, sure. I
1: guess. Yeah, but Um, Because
0: the original artwork, he definitely is a bad guy.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. But I would say that they've all but dropped the whole traitor thing anyways. It's not been mentioned in almost two seasons.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what the traitor wants, man. I
1: guess. It just seems anymore. And I feel like even in the Discord, we've all talked about how they've kind of just dropped that thought entirely. Like... Horikoshi claims he has an end game to all of this, but I sometimes wonder if he wasn't so clear on that from the beginning. You know, like there are a lot of leads he's set up that have led to some of these theories that just so far haven't panned out.
0: Yeah, that's true. So that's all the theories that we wanted to run to or run through. um, And we'd be totally 100% interested in your takes on this stuff. We're trying to work in a relatively tight time frame. So we're hitting these very, very quickly. Um, so hit us up on Twitter, find us on discord. Uh, we would love to talk at length about these and hear some bolstering evidence for, uh, any one of them or counter arguments. Uh, I love that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, me, so too. me too. engage with us. Definitely. Um, the last thing we wanted to talk about just really briefly is some controversy. That's kind of been swirling around my hero. And this has really been going on for the last couple of months. And some of it is just silly guys. Um, and it's kind of, fan fault, Um, (laughs) as some of this really is. So there's two that we're going to talk about. Um, In the first one, we'll just do the lighter, what I think is the easier one first. There is uh, Horikoshi has has received some backlash for having Bakugo's birthday be on April 20th, because Hitler was also born on April 20th.
1: Yeah, and I guess Deku's Uh, birthday is on July 15th, which was the establishment date of the Japanese Communist Party.
0: Yeah, here's the thing: millions and millions and millions of people share birthdays. I mean, you can sit down. Like all I did, the first thing I did to this theory's credit or to this backlash's credit, I typed in "famous people born on April 20th," and the first name that popped up was Hitler. Yeah, fine. Okay, but if you scroll through some of that, you come across Carmen Electra, Andy Circus, George Takei, Clint Howard, Steve Spurrier, Luther Vandross. The, 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 of course, it's the internet, right? So they're just going to go for oh. It's the worst one, you yeah, know, yeah. and completely ignore the millions of other people who have this birthday. And the, the biggest problem that I have with this backlash is that his it's not like his birthday was published for the first time in 2019. Right. It's been his, around. His birthday has been known for years, literally years, and it's just now becoming problematic. I won't, that's dumb. Yeah. I won't stand it. Yeah. I, I can't stand for that. Um And then you have, like, yeah, you you mentioned some of these other ones, like, Shigaraki's birthday was problematic, and Deku's birthday was problematic, and Endeavor's birthday was problematic, because they sat down, I guess they went to, like, history.com, and were like, what else happened in history on this day? Boop. And then just found the worst thing. Um, Yeah, well, and that's... Because there there are, like, good examples of things that happened on history on all those days, too.
1: Right. And that's where I'm kind of like, you know, if if it was a common thing, where it was... Like, okay, all of the worst dictators all shared the same birthdays with all of the characters, then it's kind of one thing. But if you're sitting here going, oh, let's just pick a day and see what bad things happened on that day, it's real loose. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, the whole thing kind of comes from the, the original backlash, which is that he named the doctor villain that we had mentioned earlier, the one that's taking care of all for one, after a uh, World War II scientist that did some pretty horrific stuff. And so, you know, it was, I guess, very upsetting to a lot of people. And I, Hori Koshy's even gone out to change the name of this character in the most recent web volumes, I guess.
0: Yeah. So it's not, it's not named after he wasn't originally named after the doc, a doctor. Um This was the, the character's name was Maruta. That's the name that people were having issues with because there was a back in world war two, there was a unit of the Japanese army army called unit 731 and uh, they apparently did a whole bunch of experimentation on humans that turned out to be lethal. Um, they were playing around with trying to uh, engineer biological weapons, including things that could dispense with like plagues and anthrax and cholera and all this stuff. And they referred to the subjects at this facility as logs maruta in gotcha. Japanese. Okay. Um, okay. And part of that being, I thought that Until I started doing the research, I thought that that was just part of the dehumanization to ease psychological burden of the experimentation, because that's where my brain runs. I have a psychology background, Um, but there's more to it than that. Like Apparently, the cover story for the facility was that it was a lumber mill, and they incinerated the bodies when they were done, like they were burning logs, and uh, depending on where you read on the internet, as few as 3,000 people were killed, uh, as many as 500,000 were killed. Um, It was really funny, because I read this. None of the, none of that is funny, but there's a New York Times article that said um, that they were all, that 500,000 were killed in medical experiments. None survived, and I was like, "That's uh, <laughs> it was awfully sharp reporting there, New York yeah, Times." Yeah,
1: um, the title's funny. So, the event, not so much,
0: right? And then, and then, apparently, the government, uh, the U.S. government, gave uh, the Japanese. Um, immunity like uh just basically was pardoned them so long as they could have access to the data that they amassed during these experiments it's wild and i will say this i think that horikoshi should have this is a mistake but maruta that name probably could have been avoided yeah. um just for cultural sensitivity's sake totally his fault right I, or or at least i think that he was quick to realize that oh no, no, you're right. Yeah, um, and he came out, made a change, changed this guy's name to Kyudai, but then people jumped on that name too, which is wild to me, <laughs> because apparently Kyudai is like the the English, or it's the Japanese term for Kyuda or Kyushu University, and in World War II, I think again there was a B twenty nine bomber went down somewhere in Japan. And they rounded up a bunch of the people, a U.S. Um, these were U.S. POWs that were, again, experimented on and all these different things. And so they're like, ah, he just went from one mad, crazy, human, living, test subject, you know, uh, tragedy to another. And I'm like, dude, guys, you guys have to, got to give him some, give him a break. Yeah. <laughs> like, th- there's not a name, just like there's not a date. There is not a birth date that you couldn't find a problem with. There's not going to be a name that if you really want to have a problem with it, that you can't just go out and find a problem with it.
1: Yeah, no, I totally agree. And it's funny, because I was actually talking to some of the folks at work that watch the show along with me. And I was talking to them about all of the different controversies with the name and the birthdays and everything. And one of the guys was like, well, yeah, I mean, it, it sounds like bad mistakes mixed with just people trying to find whatever they could. But what if? like what if he's been scheming this the whole time and i'm like i just don't think that's a, that'd be such a weird small thing to do to hide in your show you know yeah
0: the the validity to that idea though is inherent in horikoshi's naming uh his his naming convention and we've talked about this at length so i do i would not be shocked if horikoshi came out and said, and I hadn't like looked at any of his official statements or whatever, but it wouldn't shock me if he did pick the original name because of the context of the name. Right. I just don't think he should have, but I would not be shocked that he did for that very reason because he's affixing it to an evil doctor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because we've seen him do similar things with names throughout the entire series. Definitely a misstep. I think the second name should be cut some friggin' slack in, in my opinion. Um, because, again, it doesn't matter what he changed his name to, somebody with enough Google Foo could find a problem with for it. For sure, for sure. Um, and, you know, this. apparently this university, Kyushu uni- University, is like a leading scientific place in the world right now, like a place of tremendous good. So it's possible he just um, did a
1: quick Google search for something, found one and didn't back check it at all. I mean, who knows? Yeah.
0: I mean, I really don't know. I feel really bad for the guy. I mean, I think he's, you know, he's, he's very open about how shy and introverted that he is. And, and he's kind of struck me as a very sensitive dude. And, and all of this stuff has hit him and, and it's fans. It's not people outside of the fandom. It's, it's fans who really love the show, really love his content. And I, I get that, they would say that they care enough about it to see these changes made. Um, but some of it is just so trivial, guys. I mean, it just really is trivial. Uh, and, you know, there's even, I read an article that somebody was like, what if Horikoshi quits because, you know, all this fan backlash is too much? You know, then, then fans would have gotten exactly what they, were, what they were asking for. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's part of the,
1: the whole cancel culture thing, you know? Yep, yep. So,
0: so, I, th- I hope my hero weathers all this stuff fine. I, you know, I think that there is a very, very positive, you know, we're talking about the bad uh, right now, but there's also been, you know, hashtags on Twitter um, going out to support Horikoshi. And, you know, we, we've fandom can be extremely, um, extremely exhilarating to whatever its property is, or, you know, it can be devastating. Mm-hmm. And, Hopefully, uh, My Hero weathers this well, and Horikoshi himself, as a human being, weathers this well and continues to deliver um, the content that we come together over and that we celebrate and enjoy and have theories about. Because um, that's, that's what I want.
1: Yeah, I agree. There's an awesome community behind My Hero Academia, and I would really hate for it to fall out for this. You know?
0: Yeah, I don't I mean, I'd hate to say it, but I, I, don't, I hope that this is the last of the controversies. Wouldn't wouldn't be shocked if more stuff came up because if you want to find something to have a problem with, you can have a problem with anything that you want to, um, just because of the ease of accessibility of information today, really. Um, But uh, I I hope that we just we just move past this. He's he's trying to make reparations and amends. Um, He's changed the name. If he changes it for a third time, good lord! Or for you know a second time, good lord! Yeah, that would Um, be bending over backwards.
1: Yeah, that would be a lot. I mean, at that point, you have to give the guy a lot of. Like, hey, come on. He's trying here. He's trying to make you guys happy.
0: Yeah. And that's it. That's exactly it. If he does even the first name change, um, I think that that's him saying, you know what? Uh, this is, this might be my, my art, right? He didn't take that artist stand and give everybody the middle finger and say, this is my art and you can just deal with it. Right. Um, he said, you know what? This is something that you guys love and are invested in. And I am, I am willing to make concessions and changes because I want you to love this. Right. And, um, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if he continued to do that, but the man has got to have limits. Um, so hopefully, hopefully we don't, hopefully we don't get to that limit and and hopefully MHA continues to thrive until it reaches his, uh, you know, already determined finish line and we can all breathe a a sigh of relief and and continue to enjoy it for years on rewatches and, and continue to develop theories and all sorts of stuff. You know, the end of a show doesn't mean the death of a show. Right?
1: Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. And you know, in, in my mind, I feel like we've got to have a live action movie or TV show and we've been casting it. So now's probably a perfect oh, time right. to cast present Almost life. Got <laughs> It's a little bit on a higher note too. We don't have to end the show on a sad controversy note.
0: All right. Do you want to go first since he's, since he's your guy? I do.
1: Uh, and I think I've told you I've got three favorites and I have, I've had such a hard time. I've been thinking about these for two weeks now and I've had a really hard time narrowing it down. And I decided that since it's our show, I'm not going to, I'm going to choose three different characters. (laughs) Okay. So this is, this is your, it is, it is, uh, the, the listeners can deal with so it. So I'm a little jealous because you said him first. Uh, this was one of mine. It's not necessarily my favorite. I'm going to save my favorite for last. Uh, my, my least favorite of my three is Simon Pegg, who you had said for, um, for, for Fat, fat gum. gum. Thank you. Uh, and I, I liked him for Fat Gum a lot, but I could totally see his quirky, fun personality being the personality of present Mike. That's a big one for me. Okay. The second one is one that my wife and I had agreed upon. Um, I really like the idea of the uh, musical artist Macklemore being present, Mike.
0: Okay. And my favorite—I don't know what
1: he looks like. Oh, he looks. I could see him being present, Mike. He's just kind of got a look about him. Okay. M- my right. favorite, though, you. and I—I I, like the moment that we thought present, Mike was my. This was my very first thought. Another musical performer. It would have to be Eminem.
0: Oh, that would be interesting. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's... And Hannah
1: didn't like that? Well, she said Macklemore was better. Uh, but I think okay. it, like a younger Eminem, I could totally see present Mike. Uh, that just makes so much sense to me. I mean, everything about him, just the whole personality. I think that would be awesome.
0: Okay. Those are all good castings. Um, let, me, let me drop mine. All on right. You. Okay. So my first one, and I, I, don't, I don't think I like it as much as I like my second one. But I think Jimmy Fallon would make a fine present Mike. Uh, I think that he could do the big, goofy stuff really well. I could see him do it. But who I'd really like to see play present Mike um, is a total curveball. But I would like Chris Tucker to reprise his role as Ruby Rod uh, from fifth element and play (laughs) present Mike because that character freaking is present Mike only it's in the fifth element. It's
1: incredible. I like that a lot. That wins. That's, that's phenomenal.
0: Yep. That's, that's my, that's, I don't, is he my present Mike? Probably. I mean, I think if, if you take him and you're like, do Ruby Rod, but just wear this different outfit, he is present Mike in
1: fifth. Element. I like that. Yeah, that's good. There you go. I like that one a lot. Did we decide who we're going to cast next? I don't think so. Uh, maybe that should be... Let's let our uh, Twitterverse reach out to us. All of our, okay. all of our fans yeah, out there, we'll, who you guys want us to cast next.
0: All right. Yeah, let us know. You got a week, um, basically, um, because we, we're recording about a week after um, you hear this, I think. Uh, right?
1: This will be coming or, out this coming Monday. We'll be recording the night after so um, maybe not well I'll, <laughs> I'll
0: post it on twitter and be like hey we're we're wanting you guys to know who we're going to cast next How yeah about that? yeah, I'll be yeah, that yeah. Right all right after so we get right out. after we get done
1: recording you guys will have seen this tweet a week ago uh but i think that's going to catch us all up for this week what do you think man
0: i think this is a good place to stop awesome. we're going to be covering episodes 82 and 83 in the next episode of the amp proper um and we still got some good ideas for filler episodes coming our way and we'll get to them Just as quick as we can. So we
1: hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, I definitely enjoyed it. This is fun. Uh, Let us know what you think about these theories. This is super fun.
0: Yeah, hit us up Twitter, Discord, um, and uh, we'd we'd love to have those conversations with you. Super fun. Yeah.
1: So we'll see you guys later. Later. is brought to you by the back patio network you can follow us on twitter at almighty pod or follow at back patio net for all network news if you enjoyed what you heard go check out our patreon patreon.com back network you can help support the network get access to early episodes and lots of other great stuff if you want to get to know us come hang out in our discord channel we have lots of fun and would love to have you in there my name is adam and you can follow me on twitter at the real simso s-i-m-s-o